There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Okay, Max, bear with me. Since we're starting a new podcast year and a new series, I want to give something a try, something that will that will revolutionize podcasting and raise the quality of our show to the stratosphere. Uh-huh. I invented a neural link, so our minds will be as one. It uses something I call the waft. When we're connected over the waft, we will steer this show. Uh, I think I'm getting a little too much waft over here, if you know what I mean. Just plug in, Max. Uh-huh. Trust me. There, yeah. there. Ow. Do you feel it? Whoa. Oh, this is amazing. We're operating as a single unit. I think you're a single unit short. No, 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 no. Just concentrate. Yeah. Concentrate. Whoa. We. We. Are. Are. Becoming. Bumpy! Bumpy. No! Not you! <laughs> Wow! Ooh, whew. it oh. is. Uh, it's gonna oh take a long head. time to get that smell out of the uh, Max Ugh. Mike movie studio. <laughs> oh God! Sorry about that, Chief. I think I can taste Wednesday. Well, until that stink is gone, we're gonna talk about another one. A film. Another film. <laughs> it's a new series to go with our new era and new smell. <laughs> Pacific Rim is up first in the series. But an incredible simulation. We're looking at big, expensive movies that just happen to have movies come out around the same time, which sound a hell of a lot like the real thing, but aren't. This week's film, Pacific Rim, had a copycat come out the same year, imaginatively titled Atlantic Rim. What a dink! Isn't it? We'll be looking at that movie next week. To start out, we'll take a look at the original. And speaking of originals, we have that original master of the monster, Max Kaiju Jojo Levine. Give us a roar, Max. Moo! Wait, wait, that, that's not right. Shock and terror. <laughs> I am Mike Jägermeister Meister Jäger Loose, or <laughs> something of a similar nature. We love hearing from you, so much mm. so, we have a whole section dedicated to it. Yes, we do. Question. If you remember last episode, the Crimson Crab was trapped in the lair of evil Dr. Precarious. The energy beam was fast approaching the crab's... Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last week, we asked you, what is your favorite franchise? And this is what you said. Oh, yes, you did. Precious. Yes, precious. <laughs> On Facebook, we have Dave. Dave. Our favorite Dave, it goes without saying, who said, mm-hmm. quote, hmm... Most franchises are repetitive and wind up deteriorating into farce fairly quickly. They make the same Mm. movie over and over with less effort each time and lose track of what was good about the early ones. So, I wind up having one or two that I like and ignore the rest. With Bond, it's Diamonds Are Forever, For Marshall With Love, Man With The Golden Gun, and Live and Let Die. All those have good bit parts. The Two Assassins, Mr. Kid, I think was one was called, as well as Mr. Wint. Try, and try the, again, Mr. Wint. And they weren't gay. No. <laughs> and, oh, yes, they were. Yeah. And the sheriff. Since you mentioned the 30s, my recollection is that the Thin Man series stands up well over time, but I only remember the first two well. With that said, if the Marx Brothers are a franchise, I will take them as my favorite. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the original Lone Wolf and Cub series with, oh, here we oh. go again, Wakiyama Tomisaburo. 
Who Sounds knows? good. Sure. But really, I only rewatched two. The one with the tattooed female assassin, Baby Cart in Peril, and the one with the snow, White Heaven and Hell. Baby Cart in Peril because it was banned due to its presentation of outcasts, White Heaven and Hell because it has a different look and feel from the others due to a new director at the helm. End quote. Whew, always love those answers, Dave. Keep them coming. Mm. Thanks. Next up, Jamie Kleinert with, quote, Kevin Smith's View Universe. Ah, uh, okay. In the family category, I've really enjoyed the Enola Holmes movies. They do a great job of bridging multiple extant works with newer takes and self-insert characters, even though they're not intended to be. I thought they extended the RDJ Sherlock movies well and had enough in there for parents as well as kids. C and I found the first movie before the novels, and the second movie is on the list for later this summer now that she's read most of the series. End quote. Ooh, askew indeed. Thanks, Jamie. Mm. Nick Hoffman offered, quote, not sure if this counts, but I'd say Looney Tunes' Merry Melodies, end quote. Well, huh. why not? I'm not sure. Eh, not, I mean, they're not really movies. <laughs> they're shorts, but eh, is, why it not? It is its own universe, though. Kinda? Because <laughs> it gets really flexy in the later years, but that's yeah, all right. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Matt Reisman's answer was, quote, This one is tough for me because while I'm a fan of many franchises, I don't like half the movies in any given one of them. Yeah. Then again... We named the dog Indiana, end quote. <laughs> and so they did. Thanks, Matt. Rachel Wasserman, often heard on Q Footsteps, said... Q Footsteps! Quote, Toy Story, Die Hard, Back to the Future, end quote. Interesting. Didn't think of Toy Story as a franchise, but... Eh, Damn, why not? There's four, and I think there's going to be a fifth. Oh. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. Val Coons, also oft heard on Q Footsteps, Footsteps. <laughs> another podcast on this same network, posted, quote, what? tough question. I'd say Star Wars, but only the original three. I'd mm. also say Indiana Ooh. Jones, but as there were only two films, Raiders and Last Crusade, I'm not sure if it counts. And what the heck, throwing the Flash Gordon serials from the 30s. Silly fun, end quote. Seems there's a little historic editing going on there. Mm. Thanks, Val. Mike the Weasel Dans was next with, quote, I'm probably taking some flack for this one, but the original Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson trilogy, in my opinion, is better than the original Star Wars trilogy. Ooh. The attention to detail, sets, acting, music, etc. is all just amazingly put together. Never saw any of them on the big screen, but I watch the extended editions at least once a year, end quote. Yeah, why well, flack? Well, now we're going to publish uh, the Weezes' uh, home phone number and address so all the Star Wars fans can go and discuss it with him. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Weez. Brian Mundo's response was, quote, The Fast and the Fury... No, just kidding. <laughs> but really, can I just, like... Yeah, he got like, me there. <laughs> but that's what he wrote. But really, can I just, like, yell, Marvel! And run away? <laughs> is that an acceptable answer? End quote. Yeah, of course it is. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Susan Cassidy popped in with, quote, The Thin Man! End quote. There's an explanation point in that, although I mm. don't think there is in the series. <laughs> there um, should have been. But there does seem to be a couple of fans out there, so thanks, yeah. Susan. Over to the website. Well, ooh, there seems to be a lot going on over there. And uh, <laughs> speaking of over there, up north, cold, penguins, yada, yada, we have Vince, who beat me to the punch. Quote, so many franchises disappoint over time or are really just inconsistent, especially the big ones like Star Wars, Star Trek, Indiana Jones, etc. There are some that excel. Like Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS, <laughs> Ilsa, Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, Ilsa, the Wicked Warden, and Ilsa, the Tigress of Siberia. This was a franchise? Uh, there's four. Oh my lord. <laughs> Can safely say the quality of those films is consistent. 
I seriously love the Ray Harryhausen Sinbad series, which I guess could oh. include Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. They ignited my imagination as a kid and still do. That's I also not love the Sinbad. Flash. Gro- <laughs> it is Sinbad. Shut it up. Is, it is. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. I also love the Flash Gordon serials with Buster Crab, end quote. You took my Ilsa joke, Vince. Now, <laughs> seems fair, as he's actually watched two of those. I oh. only saw one. Wow, what crime had he committed? Yeah, thanks, Vince. Uh, there was a conversation between Max, Ned, and Vince about, well, Ilsa, which is a lot more attention than she deserves. Again, listeners, do not search for information about Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. Seriously. Save yourselves! But Max, yeah. what is your non-Ilsa favorite movie franchise? Oh, well, if you're going to cut my legs out from under me like that. <laughs> uh, I also point out that in that conversation, Ned points out that uh, his favorite franchise is Lord of the Rings. Ah, cool. Sorry, I missed mm. that. Thank That's you, Ned. Okay. Thanks, Ned. Uh... God, I don't know. I was thinking about this. Mm. I, I honestly don't know. There are so many of them. Honestly, the one in terms of just the one that stayed with me the longest and that still draws me in and it's, you know, I want to say it's something cool or edgy. Honestly, it's, it's, it's I'm, movie. I'm sorry, I can't, can't hear you. I said the Godzilla movies. Oh, Matt Max. Uh, the Godzilla is... movies, okay? <laughs> really? I like Godzilla movies. Yes, they have been with me since I was a kid, and every time a new one comes out, I am always either tempted to watch it, or if it shows up on, uh, on cable or streaming, I'll watch it. Uh, been with you since you, you're a kid. Uh, yeah, so is that Scar, Max. And yeah, I, uh... I know. I, I can't explain it, huh. but if I had to pick one... The big guy just, you know, stays with me. Like Wind's song, he stays on my mind. <laughs> Listen, Prince Matsubelli. Uh, There's a deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because the thing about Godzilla movies, even as a kid, is that they, I always liked the idea of them better than watching them. Yeah. Because quite honestly, they're pretty boring, the they're, earlier ones. They really are. I know this. I, I can't explain it because they're so slow. And, you know, they're, what, two hours long? And you get, what, 15 minutes maybe of Godzilla? Well, it depends on the film. Like, early on, they, they tried to have a lot more plot, and then later yeah. on, they're like, well, the heck with that. Just put the guys in the suits and let them go at it. And, uh, <laughs> let the them other... fight. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Although, I have to say, and usually I will not side this way, The at least the first two, because I haven't seen anything past that, the first two current American or Western Godzilla yeah. films, I actually thought were pretty fun. And usually when another country takes over a country's like culture like that, it's like a definite no. But I don't know. The first Godzilla and then Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. And I'm not just saying that because the film ended in Boston. It's just, it was a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that monster's wicked awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. I, so yeah. sure. Godzilla. But what about you? What's, uh, other than Ilsa, what is your favorite uh, franchise? I, I really don't like Ilsa. <laughs> You know, I'm a still like you. I have a, a series that it's like you. I can easily see people pointing their fingers and going, "Really?" And that's the Bond series. And here's uh, the thing: since I was a kid, if a Bond sure. film is on like you with Godzilla, I will watch it, yeah. even mm-hmm. the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Although I really do draw the line at Honor Majesty's Secret Service and uh, Never Seen Never Again because they're dull and uh, Octopussy and uh, Spy Who Loved about, Me. What about uh, Stacy? Look out! A blimp. <laughs> Well, when you you and I did that series on Bond, and we allowed yeah. ourselves allowed to watch that film because I hadn't Forced seen it since ourselves. it came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was every bit yeah. as bad as I remember. It was yeah. just awful. I mean, 
everyone in it was 85 and just it was no you know i i do have to give roger moore a little credit though as when it, when he stopped doing bond and they asked him why he said they're pairing me up with these women who are young enough to be my granddaughters it's gross it's like, good for you, man. Yeah, if only he'd thought that about five or six films earlier. Well, yeah, hey, it's hard hard to say no to that much money, I'd guess. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of Star Trek, mostly the yeah. TV shows, not so much the movies. Cause, hmm. eh. Star Wars, well, it's about two of them, anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> not fair. There's a couple more that I do like, and I like some of the other ancillary stuff. And like same the for Indy Jones. Special. No. <laughs> Although, I do want to wish everyone a belated Happy Life Day. Yep. We have a new one coming up. It's that belated. Wow. And I like the two Indy Jones films, too. That's, I guess that's two films isn't a franchise, so I guess that doesn't count. But No. <laughs> well, but that's all well and good, mm. but it doesn't keep us in Bumpy Puck cereal. What will is your answer to this next question. Be specific. Which Use examples. Is, what is your favorite giant monster movie? If Godzilla, mm. for example, which Godzilla film? Which rendition of Kong? Which giant Majin film? Which Gargantua's movie? Oh. Uh, wait, there's only one of those. <laughs> only one, uh, yeah. yeah, tell us, and we'll eat like kings. Kings of the pucks! <laughs> but until then, we have this. The facts. But before this, we have this. Listener mail. Are we going to gonna need new music? Is this going to be a section? Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, we're going to... But we have to call it listener mail and not viewer mail, or David Letterman will sue us. Well, and we don't have viewers either. True, well, true. I but guess... Uh, this will have to do for now. Um, listener mail, are you ready for our listener, listener mail, mail that didn't come by snail? Here it uh, is, listener mail. We'll workshop it. Uh, Charles <laughs> Forsyth wanted to add a few things to our uh, episode on Deadpool 2 that he felt were too important to be left out. He wrote, So yes, not only was Deadpool in X-Force, as I pointed out, but in that team he wore a gray version of his outfit. Hmm. This was referenced when his red suit was burned to an ashy gray at the end. Ryan Reynolds was not chosen to play Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds lobbied for the part for years. That I didn't know. He was finally told that he could play the character in X-Men Origins Wolverine. He agreed, even though they ruined the character, which they did, because he was told it was that or nothing. I left the theater in great haste, but had I stayed for the end credits scene, I would have seen Deadpool, or that version of Deadpool, emerge from the rubble with his mouth reopened. Sort of, yeah. After many more years, Ryan Reynolds managed to get $500,000 to make a proof-of-concept short. He did that, and the studio was unimpressed. The short was then leaked, quote-unquote, to the Internet. And fan response finally made the studio commit to a movie with a relatively tiny budget. I think that budgetary constraints made Deadpool the first a much tighter movie. Also, I thought the lack of a mention of Once Upon a Deadpool was an oversight. This was a PG-13, oh, that's right, PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. In order to keep it coherent with all the stuff they had to remove, they introduced a narrator. I remember this. This came in the form of Deadpool sitting in a familiar-looking children's room reading to Fred Savage, who was in bed. It was funny and a nice reference to The Princess Bride. It was released for the holidays. That is a lot of extra info, but thanks for sharing it with us, Charles, so we can share it with all of you. Yeah, I want some one thing I want to point out is I think you did mention there was a PG-13 version because I 
because I'd never heard of it, but I think in the show you did. Regardless, though, yes, by all means, feel free to write in. Let us know more info. We can't cover everything because we leave stuff out. Let us know. But now, now we have this. The facts. Budget. Mm. Roughly $200 million. Wow. That's a lot of roughly. Take $411 million. So kind of a success? Not not spectacular, but yeah. I guess we'll both quote Patton Oswalt and go, (laughs) In an early version of the script, Rally and Mako did not speak the same language. That barrier would slowly erode as they connected more and more through the drift. We'll be coming back to stuff like that later. Yeah. To that end, there was over an hour of shot but unused footage. In that footage, characters, development, and arcs met with the axe, with Del Toro stating, quote, I cannot pretend I'm doing a profound reflection on mankind, end quote. <laughs> well, I can agree with him there. Yes. Or can I? Well, good. Nice that he didn't delude himself. Here's something I totally forgot. This film was released in 3D, which was not the first choice of director Guillermo del Toro, which is a really hard name to say. Mm. He had a few demands before this change was made, including that he be given 40 weeks to do it right and that the monsters were not made smaller due to budgetary constraints. The 40 weeks, just to turn it into the 3D part. Oh, wow. For filming. Yeah. Ron Perlman's Mm. awesome shoes. Oh, yes. He kept those shoes until his wife melted them down and made heels for a pair of hers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's different. Okay. I just, I'm, I want to know who he's married to because I'm just dying to pick. That's pretty badass, really. Yeah. I'm dying to see pictures of the two of them because I'm just betting that she's tougher than he is. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Just saying. Yeah. The film's main robot character, Gypsy Danger, was not named after MST3K's own Gypsy, but after the de Havilland Gypsy aircraft engine used in World War II-era aircraft. Wonder why there's so much yelling between people who are supposedly mentally linked? I was wondering that, actually. Well, screenwriter Travis Beecham stated that it was the screaming that helped keep the pilots focused. That's what he said. Okay, sure. And... In a weird cinematic double twist, a YouTube channel called Dumb Drum made a Sweded version of Pacific Rim, much to the... Do you remember that Sweded? No. It was Be Kind, Rewind. It was that Jack Black film where they had... Did you never see this? I never saw it. (gasps) So... That goes on the list. Very quickly, for Mm. listeners like Max, who doesn't know what Sweded means... I know the basic plot. The basic plot is they couldn't afford to get real movies, so they reshot them themselves and claimed they were the Swedish yeah. version, and everyone got real excited about the Sweded versions of films that they stopped uh. renting the real ones. <laughs> so, these folks made a Sweded version of Pacific Rim, much to the delight of Del Toro. He dubbed theirs a masterpiece, <laughs> invited the makers to the world premiere, and even asked their help in promoting the non-Sweded version. Maybe that's what caused the budget oh, to skyrocket. That's great. Yeah. Del Toro is... A pacifist. According to him, he wanted to be sure the film didn't feel like a recruitment movie or to make it seem like war or violence are acceptable. No, really. As a means of keeping the giant death toll out of the movie, he made sure to show everyone being evacuated before one of the giant robot and monster fights. So there you go. No innocent people were harmed in the making of this film. Oh, please. Del Toro specifically wants to make a, quote, earnest, colorful adventure story with an incredibly air, and I'm going to guess it's airy, and light feel, end quote. Mm. He hoped to introduce a whole generation of children to the wonder of giant robots and kaiju. Okay. Yeah. 
Huh. Because, yeah, because this is a kid's film, right, Max? Uh, sure. <laughs> because of this film, we get a kind of test, less impressive or well-known as the Bechdel test, but one where a film's depiction of women is at least put up for measure. Named after Makamori, pretty much the only woman in this movie. Yes, I know there was another one, but she doesn't mm. really talk. It states that to pass the test, there be at least one female character that she have her own narrative arc and that it be independent from that of the lead male. Mm. Well, this film does not pass that test. Nope. There was, of course, a sequel, Pacific Rim Uprising, that came out in 2018. Del Toro produced but did not direct. And as Max told me right before the show, there was also a sequel to Atlantic Rim. (laughs) I don't care what it's called, but it too came out in 2018. Yeah. And likely many, many more. Do you you have any trivia you know about Pacific Rim? Uh, Nope. Okay. Well, now we have to talk about that pesky plot. (laughs) It's the future, or, or... or sort of. No, it's 2013. Remember that year? The oh. time when a fissure opened at the bottom of the ocean that led to another planet? Yeah, uh. and giant monsters came out, and they were all like, blah, roar, crush, kill, destroy. And then, like, we were all dying and stuff because we'd shoot them, and the monsters would be all like, haha, puny humans, your weapons are useless. <laughs> Except they didn't really talk like that. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and remember when we made these wicked, awesome, giant robots to punch the monsters in the face? Yeah, we only totally did that. Until the stupid government came in and said, we're not paying for giant robots anymore because that's too cool and stuff. So we're (laughs) going to build a stupid wall instead. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, that'll work. Anyway, so if you want to be a pilot in these super fantastic robots, you got to, like, team up and link your brains together because you're just too big for one person to pilot alone. And our hero, right? Well, he's brothers until they kind of lose a fight and then one brother dies, but the other one is still alive and all sad and stuff. Well, he's kind of fired and goes be sad building that dumb wall for five years but like this awesome commander guy i was all like no stupid government i will gather all the best giant robots and we will totally crush these kaiju and that's giant monsters by the way forever (laughs) and he like brings back the sad pilot guy and he has another chance but then there's this girl and they like hook up and stuff (laughs) and then they pile the giant robot is totally wicked oh and some scientists are doing some weird things like trying to hook up with a kaiju brain which is like totally bogus anyway they have only two giant robots left because the kaiju just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger but they don't give up they take like the last robot and dive into that big space hole in the bottom of the ocean and blow up a huge bomb that totally wipes out all the bad aliens and just in the nick of time the escape pods pop back up and then float to the ocean and the pilot and his girlfriend kiss and stuff in the end the film that was wonderful honey do you need a juice box <laughs> yeah that'd be great can i have a capri sun <laughs> yes you can <laughs> i've had way too many capri suns <laughs> Yeah. Um, when I was writing the plot synopsis for this, I was like, okay, giant rose. And then it's like, doesn't this kind of feel like this kid has got too many action figures yes, he likes the, to make them fight? Oh, we're going to talk about what this movie reminds me of many times, but I do want to point out one thing in your plot synopsis that isn't exactly accurate. The two, the male and the female lead, uh, Rally and Mako, they don't ever kiss. They don't ever make out. I think the most action you get is they bump foreheads. <laughs> what are they from Melmac? No, no, they're from, no, they're clearly from Mars. You know, headbutt, headbutt. Yeah, sure, I know, but <laughs> yeah. give me a little leeway, won't you? <laughs> okay, I am sure that if a thirteen-year-old boy came out of this, that he would have rem- somehow remembered. The, oh yeah, they totally hook up. I was thinking like ten. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, uh, I for I know particularly good reason. Why don't we start off with the cast? And there were, I, I would like okay. to leave that. I'm not even going to ask you, but I would like to leave the best act till last. And okay. I can't imagine that you're going to pick a different choice than I am. Okay. Yep. We're Ron Perlman. No. No. Yeah. Let's Aww. let's aim high. Okay. Let's go for Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Who the hell is Charlie Hunnam? I don't know, but um, this didn't exactly catapult him to stardom, did it? Not, not really. I mean, I know he's done a bunch of English movies, but that's okay. the extent of my knowledge. Well, I, I didn't realize that he was doing the narration, because one of my first notes was oh. the opening narrator is a bit yeah. cheesy. Oops, it's yeah, our I hero. Also, I also point out, if you start with an expositional voiceover, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, it takes you right back to Bob and Doug doing that that uh, yeah. future movie they did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fleshy head oh, no. mutant, are you friendly or foe? No, no way. <laughs> Radiation has made me an enemy of civilization. <laughs> yeah, I, he's. Let's put it this way: he acts a lot better when his shirt's off. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he honestly mm. is just not good. He's he's not bad. He's just utterly replaceable. Yeah, you know, you you could put you could take any kind of sandy-haired, you know, rock-jawed, anywhere-from-the-British-empire actor and plug him in. But he wasn't and, British. Well, but he... Well, he the actor think, might be. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam <laughs> but is... the character yeah, wasn't. Yeah, where the hell was he supposed to be from? I guess he was supposed to be American. Uh, yeah. E except the accent keeps slipping in. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. I thought it was his gum. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. he's... He, he literally, he's adequate. Yeah. I, he, I mean, he's he does not, the job. I guess. And again, I'll listen more if his shirt comes off. I'm just saying. <laughs> and also, to be fair, you have to work out really hard to get to look like that. And they basically mm. only let him do it once. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, whatever. Um, his brother, I don't even know who played his brother. He, he dies really in the film. He was built real nice, too. And also was, I'm going to go with adequate. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'd never heard of him either. What about uh, Rinko Kikuchi, who plays uh, Mako? Or yeah, they gave her a lot to do. Yeah, she's not. She's she's a big deal in uh, in Japan. She's a pretty ah. ma major Japanese actor. Yeah, well, she isn't a major Japanese actor here. No, but she is stunning. I guess, but mm. she just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't get a good sense that this was her strong role. I Let's thought she could have been interesting. I thought that uh, if they had let her develop anything at all, a little bit more than just, you know, oh, my parents died and I'm real sad. <laughs> well, were you waiting for it to go, yes, Anjin son? Because I kind of <laughs> was. was. kind of <laughs> waiting for that, yes. <laughs> I just, I, I can't, her part was so small and so stereotypical. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't like whip out the knife and pretend to do seppuku, right? Because it just felt like they were taking the most, the thinnest, most... Uh, surface ideas of Japanese culture and throwing all of that and going... Hey, at least they didn't dress her up like a schoolgirl. No. <laughs> no, but of course they make the character do the whole thing, well, to prove she's cool, she has to beat up the guy. And it's uh -huh. like, okay. Mm. I mean... I remember if... watching that and going, okay, so how does a bojitsu match determine if you are drift compatible? Well, remember in the big fights with the kaiju, all the times that the kaiju and the robots had those sticks? Yeah. And no, no, I don't, in fact. <laughs> oh, I, maybe they were hoping you forgot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we have other people. Uh, we have uh, Charlie Day playing Dr. Mm. Newton Geisler, who yeah. very forcefully is told tells us that he needs to be called Newt, because 
whatever, because yeah. there's a big thing in this movie about making sure everything has an over-designed name like Jaeger and Shatterdome and Newt. It's like, <laughs> okay, we get it. It's just, it's a nickname, and you're going to put a TM next to it or whatever. Wait, wait. But, what, wasn't Shatterdome the thing that uh, sh the Shredder and Krang drove around in? The Shatterdome? Yeah. Oh, no, that what? was the Technodrome. Uh, so how do you drive around in a dome? I don't know. Uh, he was overplayed and not necessary yeah That's he was he was basically your stereotypical science nerd yeah i mean he was also the one aspect of him i kind of thought was fun that he was a kaiju fanboy yeah that you know fanboys all over it and he's got the tattoos of them and that could have been interesting but again it didn't go anywhere and there's his counterpart uh, yeah, Gottlieb. Got, yeah or herman who was played by burn gorn gorman hmm yeah burn <laughs> <laughs> Baby Burn. I'm gonna name my kid Burn. I, uh, it's probably a not English, and it's yeah, Burn. I don't know. Uh, he was overplayed and obvious. Yeah. And like, did you at any point sit there and go, "Oh, kiss already"? Because <laughs> yes, they kind of, especially when they wafted or whatever they do, drifted. Yeah, they they kind of had some chemistry there. Kind of. Uh, we have a bunch of others. Now we're going to mm -hmm. Diego Klattenhoff, who played Yancey Beckett. Yeah, oh, that he was, was the, the That was the brother. His name was Diego. Yeah. Really? Uh, again, adequate. Um, he worked a lot better with his shirt yeah. off, just saying. Uh, Max Martini. Now, there's a name. I want to yeah. know more about Max Martini. Well, it's obvious. You know, he runs a bar. He busted the jukebox for his good friend, George Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was fine. He mm. was Australian. Yeah, I I bought it. I don't know if he is or not, but it's fine. Yep, and he, and his son Iceman. I'm sorry, Chuck. Is that who I he could, was? All I could think of was, okay, this is sort of Iceman from Top Gun. It's like, yeah, oh. you're dangerous. Yeah, you're a hot dog. You're a loose cannon, mate. Yeah, and I have to be here so we can get into a fist fight because yes. if there's one thing this film really needed was a fist fight to break up all the giant. Robots, fight. yes. Yeah, and he just, like, has an attitude, capital A, yeah. TM, whatever. <laughs> um, other barely mentionables, Clifton Collins Jr. is Ops Tendo Choi, which, whatever. Yeah, okay. He was and we, there. Come on, we got Ron Perlman. Who is in an absolutely unnecessary role. Yes, but he's so much fun. I guess. He doesn't I just, get to do much. I mean, he's on screen for maybe ten minutes. I mean, it just felt like such stunt casting. Yes, I know Del Toro has worked with him and he likes him, but oh, it just he loves felt him. like, oh, look, we have Ron Perlman. Okay. And he's not wearing makeup. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, the problem is it's like, okay, this, you thought it was going to be this kind of movie. Now it's this kind of movie. Not yeah. just a tonal shift. It's an entire stylistic shift. I'll just say, I've seen Ron per Perlman in other films that I've liked better. Yeah. Yeah. But. And I think we both agree. Oh, yeah. The best actor in this film, and this really isn't a surprise, somehow rising above pretty much everything else yeah. is Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Oh, my God. Never mind that his character also has the coolest name. Stacker Pentecost. <laughs> God, I, I, you know, stump huge large. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I'm glad that they didn't say it too many times because yeah. I really didn't need to hear i don't know how he does it there's just some people who have a presence even though you're not 
in their presence, and yet they somehow are able to convey it. And Idris Elba is one of those people. Now, to be fair... Doesn't he play like one of your favorite characters? <laughs> uh, yeah. So he first comes out, and I didn't recognize him, but I heard that voice. I was like, oh, it's Chief Bogo from Zootopia. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a great part. And he it is a great he, part. And, and, he, he does and he kills it. And in that movie, his presence is just in his voice, and yep. it still works. Yep. So... Yeah. He really is elegant. I was just... Rule number one, don't ever touch me. Rule number two, don't ever touch me. <laughs> and yet he takes dialogue like that, and he still makes it at least fun. Yeah. Even if you're sitting there going, that's ah, pretty cheesy. It doesn't matter. It's Idris Elba. I'll listen to him. He could sell me Bumpy Puck cereal, and I'd yeah. buy it. Okay? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should talk to... Hmm. Yeah, I said he'd be a great spokesperson. I'm sure he'd love to do it. <laughs> I got ten bucks. <laughs> and then I woke up. Uh, yeah. So the uh, cast... Yeah. I don't. I really don't know most of these people from anything mm -hmm. else, but their performances, in a way, are consistent with writing that I don't consider to be top notch. Yeah. So, except for Charlie Hunnam, honestly, he was at certain points. He was just so dull. Yeah, I mean, he's forgettable. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, there were points I could not tell him and his brother Yancey apart. <laughs> so Yancey and Raleigh, okay, whatever. Is that like the thing that will ever love and blue-eyed thing from Yancey yeah, Street? Yeah, Yancey Street, yep. Yeah. And of course, yo, know, Yancey, uh, hey kid, don't get cocky. And I, in my notes, I have, okay, Mr. Solo. <laughs> yeah. And this could, well, we'll get to There's that. There's going to be a lot of that, yeah. But um, yeah. I noticed right off the bat, oh, so that's the cast. The cast is, yeah. I guess, This is not adequate. an actor's movie, you know? <laughs> no. It's just not. <laughs> I did notice right from the beginning, because they're explaining everything, as Max has pointed out, when you have expository dialogue to start your film, it's going to be a real mindbender. Yeah. Kaiju and Jaeger. Gee, if we get an Italian word in there, we'll have a match set. <laughs> Couldn't help yeah. but to notice yeah. that. Because yeah. Germans are yeah. big Ouch. on the Pacific Rim. Yeah, sure. They picked it because it was cool. That's all. Yeah. It yeah. just means hunter in German. That's all it means. Which they tell us at the beginning. Yeah. And the first time we meet up with it, I don't know about you, but the when we see the fighter planes shooting into the giant monster, all I could think of was, bullets won't stop it. Yeah. And they don't. <laughs> My yeah. first thought was, you know, I think one of the first ones we see is like Knife Head, which, I'm sorry, somebody was asleep at the switch when they came up with that name. The names they have on these things, you know, Leatherback, Bob, Fire Fist. <laughs> yeah, Fire Fist, yes, <laughs> exactly. But I'm thinking, huh, that one looks like Gueron from Gamera versus Gueron, the big thing with the knife head. Sort of. And there's one with crab claws that made me think of the sea monster from Godzilla versus the sea monster. Go ahead, shoot me. I'm a fiddler crab. <laughs> it's fiddler crab season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so um, these are sort of performances. Let's talk about the monsters and the robots. Yeah. yeah. I really had a hard time parsing both of them. Visually, I really couldn't tell, like, I could not draw any of the monsters in this movie, even like a little kid's fridge drawing, because oh. there's kind of a glowy part near the head. I spent a lot of time going, wait, are those the eyes? Oh, no, those are the eyes. Or in some yeah. cases, and those are the eyes. But I really couldn't get any overall feel of what they actually looked like. Yeah. And then later on, they're like, oh, they're clones. Well, they're not. They aren't, yeah, they don't look the same. They're no. all a little, they say they are, they're all different. They're all unique. And also, they always show up at night, so apparently it's just harder to see them. When it's raining. 
When it's raining, <laughs> yes. And I couldn't figure out that as a directorial choice. You have these giant monsters. Why can't we see them? It's not like the effects were bad. The effects no. were pretty impressive. They looked decent. They would have looked okay in bright light, I think. Or at least, like, not nighttime. Yeah, even just overcast or something, daylight. Or, which, you know, most Godzilla films took place when it's overcast. And honestly, yeah. what Godzilla films do, it's like, oh, we're going to start wrecking the, the, the main street of downtown Tokyo. And then I swear this is unspoken agreement between the monsters. You want to take this out of the countryside? Yeah, okay. And then they go out <laughs> to some giant lot somewhere. And the yeah. two rubber monster-suited guys go and attack each other. And it's, you know, bright light out. There's never, there's all very rarely any nighttime stuff. There was a Gamera monster who specifically didn't like, they, actually there was two, uh, Baragon and Gauss both didn't uh, like right. light. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> It's but insidious. The robots, could you tell any of them apart? Yes, there was one that had three arms. Oh, that's right, because there's three guys. And that's about in... it. Once they're actually out there doing stuff, unless they're showing us the pictures of the pilots inside, and they at least all had distinctive looks. You sure. had, hello, I am with this is Boris and Natasha <laughs> in, in glorious Russian robot. And then you had, you know, Moxie, Pepsi, and Spam, the Chinese triplets. <laughs> I guess, except that they, 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 this whole thing about how they drift so well because they're triplets and stuff, and we see them playing basketball, okay, and they're the first group to go down. Yeah. That's like, okay, they're, oh no, they're going to use, what is it, the thunderstorm, thunder fist technique? Oh, don't say fist. <laughs> okay, yeah, the fire fist technique, I don't know, and it's like, okay, what was that? And then I'm, there's the Aussies in, I don't know, plankton. <laughs> trebuchet or whatever. I swear the names of these Jaegers, I think they just took a random word generator. Well, you know, I, okay, they named this one after an aircraft engine from yeah. World War II. I guess. I mean, they could have <laughs> called it the Enola Gay. That would have been tasteless, but at least yeah. it would have been nuclear. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't see them. And the thing about giant robots is you want them to be brightly colored. You want kids to want the toys. Yeah. And I just was like, okay, it's kind of cool. I mean, the fights were kind of cool. I will definitely Some of the give fights them that. Are actually, the, yeah. Although, the action sequences are pretty decent. I really would like to think that our technology has come to a point where the best answer isn't, let's make something big and punch it. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that for a moment. Okay, so here are these big monsters, yeah. and they decide, okay, the best way to deal with them is these giant robots because they can punch and kick them. The punches and kicks do almost nothing. You know what ends up hurting them? The plasma cannons. (laughs) Yes. And again, they learned nothing from Voltron, which is, that's what you do first. Why wait until you've had the crap kicked out of you to form this one absolutely unstoppable weapon? Yeah, well, um, because it's um, hard. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, but why don't they just have... They can build plasma cannons. They have these missiles that hurt them. Instead of spending $80 kabillion on giant robots, why don't you just have a whole battery of these plasma cannons and missile launchers underwater around the rift? As soon as one of them comes in, open fire. Okay, next. Let's face it, on the wall... Yeah, <laughs> which, on this big this big wall, which apparently Mexico was going to pay for and didn't. I don't know. Well, now to be fair, this comes a lot before that. This was this was before that wall, yes. But I would I, really hate to think that he got the idea from this movie. But I it wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. surprised. <laughs> I mean, I watched that when they're talking about the Wall of Life, and I'm remembering this is a quote from General Patton. 
Fixed fortifications are a tr- a, are monuments to the stupidity of man. Hmm, there you go. That's dumb. I will say one question that did plague me is I you know, well, it's not even a question because I just can't even imagine what a Jaeger weighs. Oh God! I mean, the tonnage <laughs> is just it is. And they could apparently be carried by two helicopters. Well, there was more than two, but oh. even still, okay, sure. Um, yeah. Maybe they're made out of super lightium or something. And know. the thing is, if this movie had been a different kind of movie, a more fun movie, you don't ask yourself these questions. If the movie is entertaining enough, you just sit back and go, okay, this looks awesome. I don't care that it doesn't make any sense. You're giving but, it away, Max. <laughs> that's true. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but so we watched some some robot robot fights. We watched the brother die. We watched the brother who's left over go off and um, live in a um, mobile home where you can still see where the rockets take up. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That was Geostorm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, he. That's right. He goes off to the side because um, his younger brother is still around. He's taken over the space program, and he. Wait, oh no, that's wait, that still was Geostorm. Geostorm again. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say that this trope has no, been. No, um, yeah, it's been done. He also no, no. What what really happens is he goes off and becomes a cable a cable guy, because he can't you know deal with uh, the fact that uh, his wife is with the president of the United. That's no, ID four. That's ID four. That sorry. was in my yeah. notes too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, and of course we have to have some big fights because that's what the movie's mm-hmm. about, which is sure. fine in and of yeah, itself. Absolutely. But I don't know if you would look happen to look down your watch. And with the moment that Mako Mori walked in and said, uh, cue the love interest. Yeah. Well, to be fair, she's the only woman we see talk in the movie. The Russian woman talks, but we don't actually see her do it. We just hear no. her over the radio. Yeah. So Natasha is, get the big robot monster, kill it, kill it. <laughs> we will make she... big trouble for kaiju monster. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look out for nuclear vessels. <laughs> yeah, so she's literally like the only woman in the movie, which... Um, I don't get. Yeah, why. we we see a couple of others in the background, but they don't Are you know, you get sure? any lot. Yeah, I am actually. I was looking because they don't get You're names. searching is what I you was, were doing. So, come on, there's got to be one. <laughs> oh no! To be fair, when Newton is down in the kaiju shelter, which is oh. a thing, that he there is a woman who says who says he's after the little guy. Yeah, right. There you go. There's there's your woman character yeah, for the so film. So she did get a line, but no name or anything else. Yeah. Well, there's one thing that this film does turn up to maximum, and that is the testosterone levels. Oh, boy, I yeah. haven't seen them this much strutting around since the barnyard and the rooster had his first <laughs> night. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised there's such a lack of shirtless volleyball playing in this. Uh, yeah, only because maybe somebody was worried about the homoerotic overtones, eh. undertones, whatever you want to call it. Because, eh. yeah, this is a strutty, strutty film. <laughs> um, I... I really was surprised when I was doing the research because, quite honestly, our usual source for trivia was kind of thin when it comes to trivia. And I was like, oh, because it's just not very interesting. And I saw I went looking at a couple other places. And when I found that quote about um, Guillermo del Toro's a pacifist, I was like, Mm. really? Do we at any time try to talk to the aliens? Do we ever Mm -hmm. in any way try to find out what's going on? Uh, well, I mean, the well, nerdy scientists do. Well, no, he tries to find a way to weaponize what they've got. They don't sit there and go, we mm-hmm. need to talk to them and say, dudes, you need to cut it out. We're peaceful people. Basketball is a peaceful <laughs> planet. We have no <laughs> weapons. <laughs> are, you, are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. There's no attempt at any... And now, to be fair, 
is it likely that aliens that send giant monsters to come and smack up your people? <laughs> is there likely to be a misunderstanding? Probably. Do you not. hear what you just said? I know. But and, still. And even did you catch the ham-handed environmentalist uh, message? Newton no. is talking. Yeah, <laughs> Newton is talking about how after his drift, he's like, "Oh man, I have seen the truth, man." Oh. Uh, yeah, oh. man. Oh, and they described the thing genius. with the dinosaurs. Yes, they came oh. through once with the dinosaurs, but the planet wasn't ready. We needed higher carbon dioxide levels and more <laughs> pollution. And we've practically terraformed the place for them. Look directly at camera. <laughs> <laughs> Remove glasses, look concerned, pretty much. I think the worst I, part I'm not about surprised you missed it, because it's there and it's gone, and well, that's it. I heard that part, I just never equated it with an actual environmental issue, yeah, because yeah. my jaw was hanging open, and I was just, I couldn't hear over my own, huh? <laughs> and I mean, the whole so... Thing, then we find, yep, sorry. Well, the thing is, they, so apparently, it's implied... <laughs> the aliens created the dinosaurs, but that didn't work. So they killed the dinosaurs, and then they just sat and waited for millions of years for this planet, because there aren't any other good ones. It has to be this one. Yeah, and you notice uh, something else familiar? Apparently, these aliens, they go to a place, they use up its resources, and then they destroy it and move on to the next that's right out of ID4. Yeah, and we don't even know, like, when we go through the rift, or... um the spanus because <laughs> that's what fair, it is it's an undersea spanus <laughs> i don't care that's what it is it's a yes, space it anus it is a spanus yeah. yep. when they go through the spanus to the other planet apparently one of the things the aliens have done in a move of um great um uh, military might is to have absolutely no defenses of any kind yeah apparently it never i don't even think they're wearing the hats <laughs> nope it's like huh look at that and of course, Gee, the answer is always, is, we... nu- is always nuclear weapons. Yeah, but By apparently way, one will take out the whole planet. And what also got me is when they were, the first idea, which is to have just a nuclear backpack and drop it in, and they're making a big deal that this is a, yeah 1.2 million tons of TNT. I'm like. 1.2 megatons, that that's not very large by today's standards. I mean, wouldn't you, no. we have more powerful ones than that now. We had them in 2013. Why, why aren't you dumping a 15 meg or a 20 meg? Look, there's a bigger one in my phone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, of course, well, fortunately, no. Gypsy Danger, who runs on steam, I guess, because the, oh, one of the big got... things... Mm-hmm. Okay, I had to ask, when that part came up... Yeah. No, no, I can use Gypsy Danger. Gypsy Danger. Because she's analog. Did you scream at the TV? I just sort of covered my face and whimpered. There like, is really, nothing. There's no electronics in this giant robot, like the digital readouts or the screens or the communications. No, Max. It's all run on relays <laughs> and big metal circuits. That's uh, why the robot tape. has to be so big. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, no, it's no, analog. It's like it's one step away from it runs on neutrinos. It, it really yeah. is. It, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we uh, never had this problem with Ultraman. Just want to say, we'd <laughs> <Nope. laughs> have a beta nope. caps and everything. would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, the mm. film was actually as long as it was because it was a little over two hours. Yeah. It was actually pretty well paced. I thought it, it moved does. around. It moves along well. And it doesn't look cheap. It looks no. expensive. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't see it in 3D. I don't know if you did. No, I, I don't like 3D movies. They give me they give me a headache. Oh, could you imagine? What was that one that you really hated with all the camera movement? Um, 
Cloverfield. Oh, Could you imagine uh, Cloverfield in 3D? <laughs> oh God, I'd be on. I would have been bazooka barfing all over the place. Yeah. So I think one of the things we can both agree on in this film is that. Oh, honey, don't explain things. N- yeah. No midichlorians. Shh, shh, shh. Yep, yep. Because just, they just make things go boom. Yeah, they tell us that they're clones. Mm-hmm. And then they're obviously not clones. Well, they're bioweapons. Uh, well, they're, and they say, well, they're grown. Like, almost like they're covering their own tracks. Well, not clones, mm. they're grown. Okay, whatever. And then we get one that's pregnant. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Unless it was like, okay... Maybe this is clever. This is, all right, you're sending one that's already pregnant so it can give birth, and you've effectively, instead of just depositing one kaiju, you've deposited a whole bunch of them. But wouldn't you send it over there? Yeah, <laughs> and wait for it to a fight? Yeah, you like would you think could... you'd have it go somewhere, hang out at the bottom of the ocean or something, give birth, and then attack. And also, this begs the question, is there kaiju sex? <laughs> I didn't want to think about that too much. But it's right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and like, okay, whatever. I just, yeah. I, and it took them a million years and they finally thought of this. Why didn't they just send a kaiju over and it could be pregnant and like during the Pleistocene era or the just Jurassic scene era, era, whatever, it just kept making more and more kaiju and then they emitted carbon dioxide. I, w- I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's... It, it, yeah. it gives us a lot of things to question and doesn't. And when it gives us answers, they're really kind of um, dumb. Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like the scene, though. There's one point near the end where the, all the robots are getting together and they're going down to the Spanus and mm-hmm. they're dropped into the ocean and they just keep walking and walking. And my thought was, are they going to walk to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> I will swim to Hawaii. Another Gilligan's Island deeper there. Yeah. I have to do ask, though, uh, when they're in the water, deep in the ocean, deep, yeah. deep, deep in the ocean, and they're fighting, um, how come the fighting isn't any slower? Because uh, they're so big and heavy and, and full of nuclear power. Um, that's I not how water dynamics work. I don't know. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'd also like to say, we get to the very end, we've gone through all... And and these are robots we have just been told had been piloted by people that kept the borders of Russia and China and stuff clear for five and six years. And the Mm -hmm. first fight they get in, they're down. And then, yeah. so we got that to deal. It's basically like, well, we have to up the tension. Okay, fine. You get rid of all the other characters that we don't even know their names or who the hell they are. Too mm-hmm. bad. I feel real bad. They're gone. But then we get to the end, and then, oh, no, my Gypsy Danger's got a limp. Okay, fine. Gypsy Danger. Oh, no, we're, we're, their oxygen's going. I have to manually fix it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and Makamori is unconscious. I have to send her through this um, somehow yeah. uh, Ben's in non-inducing super escape <laughs> capsule thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to go and plug in and I have to be the hero. And then I have to somehow, um, I also needed to ask, they made this big deal about going through the Spanish required the DNA of the monster. Yeah. How'd it go back? Yeah. How did that? Um, well, apparently these, what did he say? Barcode scanner only <laughs> works on incoming. Sure. I, yeah. Well, they have I, no I don't know. And also, how did he run Gypsy Danger at all by himself? They well, point. They make a big deal of, no, you can't. You need two people. Well, he did do it once without his mm. brother. That's true. So that's, I, because that's the payoff, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, um clearly at the end of my notes. I don't know about you, Max. Or yeah. you, you have anything? I got a, I got a couple. Um, 
<laughs> the shot when Gypsy is about to explode and has its arms out. And oh, all my hair! Is, it's, it's, no, it's Jaeger Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even that whole thing of dropping a ship with a nuke into the middle of the alien bad guy master's place, that's right out of ID4. It was uh, hauntingly familiar, yes. Yeah. entire episode on ID4. The other thing that bugged me, and this is the Ron Perlman thing, the whole he makes all his money apparently selling kaiju bits. Well, at least the ones that happen to drop literally yeah. down the block right. from his store. Yeah. The, I would have liked to know that he says the um, their, their crap is amazing as a lot of phosphorus, and so it makes a great fertilizer. What the hell else does any of the rest of it good for? Um, well, there's a hat. I mean, apparently, if you they sell the powdered bone as uh, like powdered rhino horn, it's basically organic Viagra, but they I don't mean, know if it actually works. I, I, why does matter? Yeah. Rhino horn doesn't, so why shouldn't this not? Or people yeah. think it does. Uh, yeah, I, that yeah. whole little side plot for me just felt like a waste of time. Mm. But eh. yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, uh, that's all I got. The finish. So, Max. Yeah. Did you see this when it came out? I did. I saw it in the theater. But not 3D. No, I did not see it in 3D. And what did you think then? Kind of what I thought now. Some of the fights are cool. It doesn't make any sense. Most of the actors, except with one notable exception, are pretty uninteresting. I, I thought it. I, yeah, I, I thought it's an okay turn your brain off movie, but it's not very good. We've seen better. I've seen better Godzilla films. Yeah, honestly, the Godzilla films at least have a greater sense of fun. Yeah. Even if they are slow sometimes and do have boring parts. Yeah. But they just embrace the goofiness. And this, they try to make things like, oh, this is, we're going to give you pseudoscience. And the pseudoscience really is not consistent and doesn't make sense. What about you? Did you see this when it came out? I did. Mm. And what did you think then? I didn't understand why we couldn't see the monsters and the robots. I didn't yeah. think it was very good, and mm. I've seen better. Yeah. But now, I think those things again. <laughs> but I would like to say, mm -hmm. I'm watching this film as somebody that is experienced, <laughs> old, yeah. and has watched a lot of films and seen especially a lot of films like this. I mean, you and I did a whole series on uh, Armageddon, destroying the Earth, whatever. I forget mm -hmm. what, it, what is it? The, uh, it's the end of the world, and I feel fine. Whatever we call that series, something like that. And we have been poking the finger at this, saying ID four, ID forty four, because it really does yeah. smell a lot like ID four. It does. That being said, I can totally see if I were a younger moviegoer, if I were somebody in my teens, and or even like ten, eleven, twelve, and mm -hmm. I had not seen a lot of these films, I probably would love this film. Because it has, a, the plot of, and the characters are really comic booky, uh, and I think that works out because it turns out the guy also writes comic books who wrote the movie. Oh, okay. That makes and of it course, fits. Guillermo del Toro loves comics. Mm -hmm. It has, it, the fights are kind of fun. I just wish I yeah. could see them better. Yeah. But if uh, I was somebody who just wanted to go see a big monster movie and big fights and robots and stuff, the plot doesn't get in the way which is, of course, what you want as a kid watching monster movies. 
So if this is a film that you're like, oh, well, those guys are stupid. I really like this film. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, and if you dug it, cool. I can understand why people would. It might be that I can't like this film because going to the movies, paying my money, again in this case, because I had to rent it, <laughs> yeah. I expect more. And also from Guillermo del Toro, I really do expect... I, now I can say his name, but I still <laughs> expect more out of him. Guillermo <laughs> del Toro. Del Toro. Mm. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah, I do expect more from him. And, you know, Idris Elba brought a lot of weight to this movie, and it was all wasted. Well, here's another thing. I don't care about them doing the stupid science thing. I really hate the whole, well, the dinosaurs. No, they weren't. Mm. But you know what could have been really interesting? If they had explored this whole drift thing, how does that affect a person? Do they develop... A relationship, or do they develop an aversion to each other because mm. they can't stand the idea of that kind of contact all the time? That might have actually been kind of interesting. Um, yeah, the whole thing with the drift is incredibly underexplored. Not to mention the fact, if they're in direct mind-to-mind -mind contact, why do they have to talk? Well, it, it's it's yeah. once they did the drift. They didn't really seem to be affected by it at all. It didn't really yeah. have any, yeah. except the one point where. Uh, Mako Mori goes in, she gets stuck in one of her own memories. I yeah. thought it would have been more interesting if she actually got stuck in one of his, right? Because yeah. isn't, isn't that the whole point of the drift is your share? This is the Vulcan my meld, my thoughts yep. to your thoughts. I thought share it would have been memories. much cooler if she, and, and made more sense for her to be stunned by seeing his brother die and feeling his emotion as opposed to, that oh, been you more know that memory that I keep having and keep having bad dreams about and I've been having for the last 20 years? Well, here it is again and I'm just as stunned by it now. Yeah, my parents are dead and I'm real sad. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some ice cream? Or, excuse me, uh, my parents are dead! <laughs> she should have become Batman, you know? <laughs> she should have been a lot more than she was given. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, not really impressed. But, again, yeah. it might just be that we're the wrong audience. And I accept yeah. that. That's fine. It did okay. I, these days, he really, really wanted to do, or should have done three times the budget, and he only did two. Mm. So, technically, that's not a success as far as Hollywood is concerned, although they did no. make a second one. so They did. They made a sequel. They made a series, too. Did they? Yeah. Ah. Yep. Don't, know what, don't remember what it was called. Don't care. <laughs> I heard you. Don't care. <laughs> but we have a new poll question. Yes, and, we do. Uh, we would like to know, what is your favorite giant monster movie? And again, we mm -hmm. want you to be specific. Don't just say Godzilla. Which yeah, Godzilla which movie? Yeah. Godzilla versus who? Yeah. Ilsa, she, Wolf of the S's? Okay. <laughs> After this episode, no more Ilsa. <laughs> I think there'll be more Ilsa. You have to mention Zangief's ass in at least two <laughs> episodes. <laughs> but let us know which mm. of your giant which of the giant monster movies out there is your favorite specific films please and you can let us know via email by emailing us at us at maxmikemovies.com going to our website which is maxmikemovies.com where you can leave comments or have little conversations about stuff please feel free that's what it's for uh, give us some viewer mail like Charles Forsyth did and Adam Mark a couple of weeks ago. We'd love to hear from you. Even if it's said to say, hey, I think you guys got it wrong. That's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll read it out on the show and give you a moment to Bask. say whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you would like to go to a form of super podcast app of your choosing, please do. We're there. Uh, we're on Facebook. almost forgot mm -hmm. Facebook, which is still there. We're not on threads, nor no. are we going mm -hmm. to be. But on we'll Facebook, see. we are, of course, Ma Max Mike Movies. Now, Max, 
Mm-hmm. I kind of ruined your little intro because we already told people just in yeah. case yep. like, what we're going to watch next week. But remind us, won't you? Yes, we're going to watch Atlantic Rim Job. Oh! Is, I'm sorry, that was the porn parody. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> was there one? I, I Rule 34, man. <laughs> well, you know 30, there was. Rule 35 is to join us next week for yep, Atlantic Rim. Atlantic Rim. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.